Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coltside Radio's Late Night Movie. Enjoy as your two glorious hosts, Carl Caper and Stephen M. Ronquillo, bring you the best in cinematic quality and rarity and lost gems that you should see more. <laughs> so, let's get this show started. And tonight, Feature is... Al Capone had Chicago. Bugsy Siegel had New York. Blue Boy and Davy Green had the deep south. Right by the number. Raymond Zajac is Blue Boy. The black king of the numbers game. Book of Numbers. It's nasty. Rated R. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. And my co-host, Carl, do you recognize who was doing the voice narration for that trailer? No, no. Was that Raymond St. Jocks? No. No, a soldier story. Oh, Adolf Caesar. Yeah, Adolf Caesar. Usually when you got black exploitation trailers in the 70s, you either got, well, some of them had Aussie Davis, but mostly you got Adolf Caesar. <laughs> and it's ironic yep. when we get into this movie, which is really a really, this would make a hell of a double feature with a soldier story, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. This is a movie that I've been championing for quite a while. And it's one of those lost black exploitation films, and and suddenly it showed up on YouTube. So you told me, and it's like, fuck, we got to do this now before it disappears. Seriously. Yeah, the only place I've ever seen this before is a trailer on Afro Max and Zodiacs, something weird video, very awesome uh, black exploitation trailer comp hosted by Rudy Ray Moore. Right. Yeah, there there's a couple of them like this, but this one this one is just this one is classic, and and there's a number of things we can talk about. Um, what do you want to go into first, Stephen? Uh, I can do Raymond well, St. Jocks. What do you want to do? Shall we watch the short movie? Right. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, say hello to Willem for me, please. Yeah. Hi, Willem. But this week. Because, well, Sunday's show hit the ground running, and as we say down south, when your damn dog takes out running in the woods during hunting season after animal, you don't sit, you don't think, you run. So yep. we couldn't do this on Sunday, so we're doing it for today. And now, welcome to... And now, Coachside Radio proudly presents... Carl and Steve go to the movie. Take it away, guys. (laughs) I love these fucking intros, man. They're wonderful. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, me laughing. Here we go. With well, we've seen two movies. I'll let Carl go first. Because uh, he's okay. uh, he's been talking this one up for about a couple of weeks about how much he's wanting to see it. 
That's right. So whenever you see, you know, on, on Facebook, you know, and particularly if you're in New York, you get the film forum, you get the IFC feed, so on and so forth. And I saw this trailer. And Sonia Braga and Udo Kier just looking like, wow. And like, and then I saw the reviews and I said, I got to go see this. So over the weekend, a good friend of mine, James Dye, and I met up at the IFC Center and uh, uh, on a Saturday afternoon and uh, went to see Baccarat. Now, Baccarat is a Brazilian film in Portuguese, also in English. Uh, and basically the setup is there's this small town in the interior of Brazil. And all of a sudden, things start to go weird. And they're basically attacked by a bunch of mercenaries who may or may not be doing this just for the hell of it, like a most dangerous game. But Baccarat has a history of fighting back. And boy, do they ever. And it's a wonderful little film. Uh, Very, very satirical. uh, Certainly a lot of uh, political commentary, particularly that would be uh, for, for the Brazilian audience, maybe lost a little bit on the American. But listen, whenever you see Udo Kier show up, you know there's going to be some batshit stuff going on. And trust me, there is. There's a, this thing is really, really unusual because it, it, it takes, you know, it starts out as one thing and then it morphs into something else and it morphs into something else. And you're sort of like just surfing on the, on the surface, just wondering where this movie is going to go. So there are very, very funny bits. There's, the music is really something. And another thing is that it... Uh, uh, name checks and music checks John Carpenter quite a bit. Uh, and uh, so you have this art house film that has definite roots in exploitation and uh, uh, nudity galore, but not exactly what you want to look at. <laughs> and and, and uh, let's see, decapitated heads, yes. You know, Joe Bob would have a good good count on this one. But again... The, the, it's it's Udo Kier, Sonia Braga, and it's just wonderfully funny and odd and strange, and I recommend it highly. And that would be Baccarat. So any questions? Uh, oh, okay. So Udo Kier, so there's a bunch of, of mercenaries that surround the town, and they're going to kill everyone in the town. And he's sort of the head. And so there's this one scene, I told you about this. I don't want to give too much away. But one of the mercenaries calls him a Nazi. And he looks at him like, how old are you? The guy's like, how old are you? Well, I'm 37. I've been in this country 40 years. That doesn't make me a fucking Nazi, you fucking moron. <laughs> and it's like, yes, Udo Kier goes nuts. It's wonderful. <laughs> and this week, well, I've 
since I'm not feeling good, I've gotten streaming services and I've been indulging in that. I think I've seen uh, rarities like uh, Robert Altman's uh, Secret Honor Criterion. Why the fuck have you not upgraded this? You can put out shitty movies. You can. This is not an insult against the hotel. What is it? The white boy, the whitest movie, the hotel. Uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the Budapest Hotel. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Why are you putting out a movie that already has a serviceable Blu-ray? When you have shit like uh, Secret Honor, which has still got the same crappy transfer from back in the early OOs. Yep. And it is good. It's on HB. It's on uh, Criterion this month. If you're into like political movies or Kennedy throwbacks, it's good. Ba- I mean uh, Nixon. Basically, it's ninety minutes mi- minutes of Nixon during his last. It's a fake. It's a made-up monologue of Nixon drunk off his ass during his last nodding office, cursing out his enemies and. Basically, not taking blame for any of the nasty shit that he did. Okay, and, and you better give the the uh, actor uh, some nods here, because it oh, is a one-person play. He's great in this. He's he's amazing in this film. He's ama- and he's the best Nixon I've ever seen on film. And he doesn't really look like Nixon, but boy, does he get it. It's excellent. How many people when? Uh, Magnolia came out. We're going like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is Philip Baker Hall's character carrying a gun around for? What's the point of that? <laughs> Watch Secret Honor. It'll make sense. <laughs> yeah. And 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 half pe- half the people were wondering who is that guy? What's his name? I don't even. I think I've seen him in something, but I don't know. You know, Phil Baker Hall is one of these actors that's just quintessential character actor. And who is that guy? Actor. Seriously. But the big one I've seen is a French film who, well, they literally translated it when they brought it over here, and it's called Knife Plus Heart. But unliterally translated... And it's called this in every other country, but America is a knife in the heart. There was this phenomenon in the late 80s and early 90s called queer cinema. You remember that, Carl, Gregor, Rocky, and all them? Oh, absolutely. What queer cinema is, is unapologetically gay films made for a gay audience, and they don't give a good goddamn if straight people watch or like them. Knife in the Heart is a queer cinema slasher. It's what, in my opinion, what cruising should have been. It's basically take the same plot of a murderer in the gay community that's in cruising, but take away the homophobia and gay panic. 
Yep. This female director of gay porn films, this lesbian director of gay porn films, is starting to find out that members of her cast and crew are getting murdered by a killer who wears a leather mask. And Jesus God, it's got it's oozes style like a giallo. I mean, it's like ninety percent style, retro, giallo uh, music. Very, very, very colorful. Great plot. It's just a damn good movie if you can handle the gayness. Mm-hmm. And it's playing on Shutter now. And it is fucking amazing. Absolutely. It's one you need to see, Carl. Yeah, yeah, that's actually on my list to see. No question. But but like no Parasite, it's in them damn foreign languages and has them subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. And that's our reviews for this week. But, yeah, we're at the movie. It's on YouTube now. And we are 21 seconds into the movie. It's right after the Brute logo vanishes. That's Leaving Brute. If you are a kid of our generation, you'll be like, you mean that shit that, well, we'll get into that once we get into the movie. And here we go. We're going to start the movie. Are you ready, Carl? Okay, give me a second. Give me a second. I'm almost there. Okay, I'm ready. In five, four, three, two, one. You're like, brute? What the fuck? And we're opening this on... This is the only thing in the movie that really might show where the movie is taking place. Which would be New Orleans. That's a New Orleans-style funeral, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I was very young when we went to New Orleans, and... um, I heard uh, we there was this uh, funeral procession with this wonderful music, and I wanted to follow it. My parents wouldn't let me. So yeah. Already, the music has just got me. I mean, seriously. Did you notice, Carl, that they're be not about... saying where this movie takes place at? Yeah. Even in the trailer, if you but... notice it, it just says, this movie takes place down south. Right, exactly. The only thing that really might tie it to a place is the funeral that we just seen takes is a New Orleans-style funeral. Right. And it could be in another town. It could be Baton Rouge. It could be, you know. But I'm yeah. going to say it's New Orleans. 
But it's a. But listen to that music. Group films, yes, for all you kids of my age and Carl age, the stuff that used to get dad at Christmas for your granddad, yes, that brute, Fabergé brute. Mm-hmm. They decided to diversify and open up a record and a movie company. It was a short-lived thing from 1973 to 1980. And some of their bigger films are uh, Night Watch, A Touch of Class. That was their biggest hit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that was definitely their biggest hit. Book of Numbers, Cry For Me, Billy, Welcome to Arrow Beach, Carl's favorite era. (laughs) Oh Well, those three films right there. Good God. They're like three lost films I love. Seriously. Uh, Mean Johnny Barrow, Sweet Hostage, Hugo the Hippo, Fingers, The Class of Miss Carmichael. And then it just folded. Cause when now the they lost started, money. Yeah, when the 80s started, Brute really went out of fashion like a motherfucker, didn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And here we are with the opening scene of them coming into the bus, on the bus. Right. And this is a hell of a soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is freaking amazing. Yeah, Raymond Shanks Jock, this was his big moment. He was starred in... uh, well, Cindy Lumet's the pawnbroker. Before commenced to save and every penny we could raise. And other films. Well, I'll talk about one film after you're done. Okay, but go ahead. His two biggest films were the Coffin Ed and Grace Dick Jones films. Come back to Austin Blue and Cotton Comes to Harlem. Right, and and another film that the younger people may know, particularly if you're you're into uh, John Carpenter, uh, uh, would be uh, he played this street preacher in um, and they live, and he had a really nice uh, scene in that. But there's another film I want to mention about Raymond St. John's, and it's a film that came out in 1968. A proto-black exploitation film directed by French director Jules Dassin called uh, Uptight. And, and and it is a tremendous film. It's a uh, remake of the John Ford uh, film The Informer. Uh, and uh, that's a film that Raymond St. Josh also starred in and I would recommend it very highly. Is it me or does Raymond St. Jacques doesn't look like his normal self in this movie? No, he doesn't. And this is set way back in the Depression, back in the 20s. And the one who's narrating through the movie and who's our main focus character is Philip Michael Thomas. A lot of y'all, my generation, know him from Miami Vice. But his roles in the 70s were just goddamn 
Conversations is not a script. I think this is a really well, you know, done film. And and some yeah, ways, even the narration is like he's talking to you rather than narrating the film. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and I ju- I just really like this film. I always have. And of course, there you see Philip uh, uh, Thomas. And uh, he doesn't look like like he does later. He's younger, it looks like. And, of course, Raymond St. Jock's is, is made up to be older, too. Don't forget that. So should we tell him what a numbers racket is? Yeah, go ahead. Tell him, girl. Basically, it, it was a precursor of the lottery. But it was uh, it was controlled by the mob, by the gangsters, and you you bet a dollar or something, and and uh, if your number came up, you got paid uh, generally ten times of what you put in, and uh, it was a gambling racket, and so you had runners, what they call runners, that would go from neighborhood to neighborhood, uh, building to building. And with their contacts, and 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 uh, they would become what they do it in a book. So they were called bookies, you know, just like gambling. And so, so and that's it was what a numbers, the numbers bank, because you could go to the guys at the head of the numbers racket and loan money from. Oh my God! <laughs> oh boy, are you getting hungry now? Oh my God, this is worse than porn, Carl. <laughs> hey, Just look at that fried chicken ribs, mashed potatoes, oh, yeah. cornbread. Oh, good God! Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to eat. That looks so yeah, freaking good. Yeah, I'm kind of getting caught. Me can't call it. Well, we're gonna stop. <laughs> By the way, is but, that yeah. is that Adolf Caesar? Not not him. Not the one in blue. Hold on. No, but he was. No, I know who that is, but that ain't. Uh... Who is that? Let me look it up. Okay, I got to I got to look. I got to look. <laughs> yeah. 
You notice how already this has uh, the family thing going on? Oh, yeah. And what really the numbers racket really gave the black communities, especially before the mob took over and it was locally owned stuff, was hope. Yeah. You go out there, you play your numbers, and you hope, you know, you hope you made the money, you hope you make your money back. Oh, you know who that is? Who? That's his brother. That's Sterling Saint. That's his son is in there. Sterling is in there. Oh. Uh, but you know who that is? That's Durville Martin. That's who that is. Yeah. I forgot Durville was in this. Yeah. Durville was already big enough. He got a special guest star card. And if he sounds familiar to you younglings watching this with us, that's because he was uh, the drunk director played by Wesley Knight. Dolomite was my name. Right. Yeah, we got a sex scene already. Well, yeah, this one plays out a lot different than most. Well, if you notice all the black exploitation films. From about 69 with the learning tree up to Shaft. Played a hell of a lot different in tone and everything than once the formula kicked in. Right, which would be Shaft and Superfly and so on and so forth. And that is a beautiful butt. Seriously. Yeah, that's Rita Payne herself, who was a, bi- a big star because she had her big hit, Band of Gold. How are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling fine. How about you? Not so good. I've been doing some thinking. Now, there's Raymond St. He always had that. That's how you can tell Raymond St. Jacques. He always had that cigarette in his mouth. Oh, yeah. And look how he changes his voice. He doesn't even have his Raymond St. Jacques dignified voice. Yeah. He's like invisible here. Mm-hmm. Anything that our Yoko likes to that's helping us to do stick Yeah, but hold it. Huh. No, just keep walking. <laughs> what the heck are these old grandmas following in for? Hold it right here. Don't turn around. Take a look. I think we got a little company. Mm-hmm. Come on. I wonder why they followed us. As soon as we get to this movie, they want to stop to find us. There's Durville right there, the short guy. Yeah. And they're supposed to be kids. They're dressed like kids. Hey, what the hell are y'all following us for? Talk fast, because we ain't playing. <laughs> we don't mean you no harm. We 
when he did this film, he wanted it to be as realistic in terms of the production design and what the history was of not only New Orleans, uh, but the history in, in terms of um, of uh, film and so on and so forth, what they would watch. Another reason for that is because of the, the uh, uh, source material, which was a uh, book called Book of Numbers by, uh, I think it was Robert Farr. P-H-A-R-R, um, who is a black writer down, uh, down south. And he did a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, research in that on, on the period of time. And so when Raymond pitched this idea, and it, was picked up, it was specific to him that it be as realistic and, and, and get as much of the um, ambiance of the place as he could. And so Robert, that's yeah, one of Robert the Barr. That's one of the things that, that really uh, 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 makes this movie special for me. Because if you take a look at Harlem Nights, which certainly this took, uh, uh, Harlem Nights took a lot from Book of Numbers. Um, it doesn't get that realism that this movie does. It just doesn't. It feels like a movie. This doesn't feel like a movie. Yeah, okay, here we anymore. go. Robert Dean Flower was born in Rich. I got this off Google Books. Robert Dean Flower was born in Richmond, Virginia in 1916. The son of a minister and school teacher, Flower graduated from Virginia Union University and went on to graduate studies at Fisk Columbia New York University, but spent most of his adult life as an itinerant waiter who moved from track to track following the racing season. He wrote book and numbers while working in New York City. During a stint at the Columbia University Faculty Club, Farr showed the manuscript to a professor in the English department who helped bring it to attention to Doubleday. Farr went on to write several other novels, among them Soul Murder Place and Give a Damn Brown. He died in upstate New York in 1989. Nice. I want to read a book called Give a Damn Brown. I'm yeah. Sorry. 
here here you go. They're starting to do their 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 work here. I love this line right here. What white man's paying you? Who says a white man paying me? this soundtrack, the gospel music is friggin' awesome! Yeah, this is going to church. This is church. Not church. Church. It's a hell of a lot of difference. That's awesome. You wish you play organ like that, man? You know, I actually was in a church. I, I subbed for a for a church. This is years ago in the '80s. Uh, Black Baptist Church out in Mount Vernon, and uh, I was doing a Christmas cantata for them. And they had a, a gospel quartet, male gospel quartet, female gospel quartet, choir of thirty, horn section, everything. I got there at nine o'clock. We started the cantata. We didn't get out of there till after two. And they boogied from 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 nine o'clock to two o'clock. With every ten or fifteen minutes, thank our white brother for being here. I never had more fun <laughs> yeah. in my life. This reminds me of that great scene in The Harder They Come, where they're in church. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is Southern Church here for people. Yeah. I wonder if he's a Bible thumper. My grandfather preached like that and such that every after every word. Boom. He would stop the Bible and tell everybody the howling of Jesus flow. <laughs> we got his Bible that he used to preach with in there, and it's warped. Oh, yeah. But here you have a scene in church, and it really doesn't move the, the story forward, but it gives you a feel of the whole thing, and, 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 and I love this. Yeah, it's showing the community, and that's something you read, you know. Clap your hands, clap your feet. I mean, yeah, this is, I love it. He's just creating the perfect atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, and that's what this movie is, this atmosphere. It just oozes atmosphere. Let us turn into Psalm 100, verse 
Charms, it does. Yeah, well, look who, well, you, with the stars this guy, if it didn't have any charm. Right. I love it. Even though when they finally move the pop board, this is just them sitting around talking shit. Yeah. Oh, 
It would be weirder if they didn't have this language. Yeah. I mean, really, how weird would it have been to have, this, have a movie? Well, that's why I thought about Django, too. It would have been weirder if Quentin Tarantino would have made Django Unchained, and no one said the, that said the N-word. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid mother. For gospel music, I black gospel music. I am. <laughs> God damn, you could say. And Raymond St. Jacques was a hell of a director. Yeah. I have loved every choice that he's made in this movie so far. I mean, every choice. Oh yeah. I mean, it would have been so much easy just to have them shoot them guys, you know. Yeah. Right 
up a little? <laughs> you say so, sir. Let me see your knife. Yes. That he's doing, it's they're almost like paintings there, right? Yeah. You know, really, man, I would love to see the frame of things yacht, but got to do uh, him. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Say that again. I would love to see if Raymond Shane Johnson got to do Pim, the Iceberg Slim book. By the way, where are you? Because I just screwed up. Where are I'm you? At the scene. I'm still at the scene right after the box. What's, the, what's, you know. what's the count? What's the count? Oh, okay. You're going to mess up show as hell. I'm going to make something up. 17 seconds. Okay. There we go. I might be a little ahead of you, but that's okay. Hey, well, I ain't a dumb street nigga. So where are you? Are you at the shooting? What? Where are you? I'm where Philip Michael Thomas. I'm right at the shooting right now. Okay. Like like you're searching for something. Uh, 33 minutes and 19 seconds. Where are you? Okay. So so okay. There we go. I was just a little ahead of you. Okay. Okay.
Because he's pretty, everything I've seen him in in the 70s, he's goddamn good. Yeah, I agree. Oh, he's just perfect for this role. Yeah. I noticed that Raymond St. Jocks isn't taking the the main role. Of course, he's directing, too. But he, he allows his other actors to breathe. There really is no main role. I mean, Philip Michael Thomas is narrating, but this is an ensemble piece. Yeah. It's rare to see someone as a director be the ensemble, you know. Right. And of course, the the sex scenes which we're we're in right now, you know, notice how he's shooting it. It's not, uh, uh, it's in shadow. It's it, it's not uh, um, full nudity by any means. It's very artistically yeah. done. Now I will say this: the the uh, print that is on. Uh, YouTube is not the best print in the world. It needs work. Oh, good God, yeah. You can tell how many times this motherfucker has been watched. Yeah. (laughs) But once you get to these very rare films, Mm -hmm. you're used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a problem... There's a lot of these younglings that believe that this is the way they looked back then. And no, they didn't. Nope. Nope. You know, again, you're talking about film. Each time a film is, 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 is shown, uh, you know, then it, it, it degrades. And you have to uh, get new prints. You have to, to do all this and, and restore it. And, and uh, so, you know... Ravages of time make these films less and less clear and more and more shadowy and and, and, and more. And it's like uh, getting a dupe tape. It's like if you had a tape that was duped off the original tape, it's going to look great. But Mm -hmm. each generation that you get away from the original source copy, it keeps getting Mm -hmm. worse and worse and worse. Worse and worse. Buggy and Sam, when Antoine's men struck. You motherfucker, get out of here! No! I love the way the black guy looked at the white guy for shooting that little kid. Yeah. Didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Like, you motherfucker. You 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 rarely seen that with bad guys and other bad you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
on account of them crazy crackers. Man, they can't stand to see anybody with nothing, especially something that's going to make us some money. Next thing you know, they be done sick the clan or somebody else. But me and Blue Boy, we going to stand up to them even if it kills us. comes the clan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
Mr. Roaster, this would be the joke. <laughs> How hard is it to do a joke on top of a joke, Carl? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. The funny thing is, it's funny and it's scary at the same time. Yeah. Seriously. You know who's under the hood by now. I love it. They're niggers. It's a great fucking scene. Yeah, they're coming after him. <laughs> oh, that! Did you see that, Grandma? Okay, Henry. I I had an axe pop up, so they're now trying to escape in the. So I don't know where you are. 
tell me right after the Klansman, 4605, right after the Klansman hit the hay. Tell me when you get there. There there we go. We got it. They're in the hay. Okay. How would you like an old woman just slapping the truck with a purse when they went by? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. said motherfucker a couple times. <laughs> drive, motherfucker, drive! Uh-oh. Yeah, shit. The black guy's dead. 
<laughs> yep. I'm fucked up now. See, look at the suit that this guy's wearing. Got the got the black and white saddle shoes and everything. The music has changed too. Yeah, it's getting darker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. He's going out like a man, they ain't dragging him out. That's a good. That's... No, I said that John Carpenter do the score for this part. No, 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 no. I love, I love the 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 old Southern style of banjo in the back and so on and so forth. Yeah. And there he goes. Oh well.
it's not the money. I mean, what me and Blue Boy got here, we made all by ourselves. Without having to call to any crack of the bank and state to do it. We just went on ahead and did it. And damn it, now that that bank stands for something. I ain't gonna let nobody else run it all my life because their skin happens to be white. Yeah, this always happens in these movies with them two split, with the two main heroes split up, don't it? Yeah. but they can't keep it and, and they can't be legit because the whites at, at this point in time controlled everything. figured out the the, the uh um how to pull the the uh volume down yet. Yeah. So I have to so forgive me. No, don't worry about it. Yeah, the cops are raiding the whole damn joint. Yeah, the national gambling code or something. 
We'll play the step and fetch it role to get what we want, and that yeah. that that's it. Step and fetch it said that once. They're like, well, "Why did you play that old yes, 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 balls?" He said, "Because I played that. White folks gave me money." <laughs> exactly. That was another thing. The numbers were not white. Whites didn't play the numbers. Did they? No. See, he knows. Look at look at Saint Shock's face right now. He knows he's playing them. <laughs> I don't like this worth a damn, understand? Why would 
are they stupid enough to figure out that that's the evidence they needed? Simeon, I'm not have this court intimidated by any so-called. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Stephen. That they didn't get anyone who knew how to read it. Right, exactly. They didn't break the code. Yep. Is that clear? Good. Case dismissed. Courts adjourned. <laughs> 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 nice. You understand what the judge was saying reading in between the lines, don't you? Yeah. Black is saying the black and it doesn't, you know. And here's a very, very important scene right here. Yeah. You made me sick. Bowing and scraping and crawling on your knees. Begging them for mercy like they was your masters. You made them think we ain't nothing more than a bunch of ignorant, no-count niggers. So what they think don't matter. Don't you know having to crack and respect on me that we are one bit less niggers to them? You still didn't give me the right to go crawl on the floor like you did. Save me, Jesus. You made me sick. You know what the sad thing is? He's right. They're both right. Yeah. I could have gone into that court in my fine blue search. Traded behind a bunch of fancy lawyers, you and I. Flashed a big bank room. But none of that. None of that would have brought a nigga justice. But that is the biggest thing. If he would have walked in with a bunch of fancy lawyers and looked like. He spewed out? Yeah. And he's right. They're both right. Yeah. What do you think about most gangster rappers? They do that stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting some buffering, by the way, so it's buffering right now. Pain in the tuchus. But the point is, they're both right. It's an argument that that's... He's, that's I'm the, at the uh, part where he's talking about he did, it for, he did it for him, so he wouldn't have to. Exactly. That's where I am, and it stopped buff- and it started buffering, so it's it's stuck yeah. right now.
Is yours buffering too? No. Okay, I'm right so... where he slaps him. I paused it. Okay. Tell me when you get to that part. Okay, well, I'm going to try to 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 jump it up here a little bit. And I'm sorry. I got my dignity, but if someone come up to me and said, I will pay for your show and give you and Carl a million dollars a year to do the show, but you got to crawl on your knees to do it, my ass be crawling. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think, think it has to be million. What? Well, I tell you what, I'm buffering right now, so it looks like I'm stuck. So that's okay. I know the film, so that's not but a problem. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. There comes an age where you realize you got your pride, but your pride but then again, you got to eat. Carry you when you get old, right? Right. You know, and, and the one thing is when we looked at this film, you know, they say uh, uh, that uh, Philip Michael Thomas' best role, and it's certainly a really good role for him. Um, but really, this this is Raymond St. Jock's all the way. This is his baby. This is his film. Yeah. And it's his argument. You know, the older generation passing on the film to the younger generation. And 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 I I you know, unfortunately you know Raymond passed away rather early. He was only sixty years old when he passed in nineteen ninety. But uh, man, what what a great legacy! Even you know we talk about films, one shot film directors. Got to put Raymond St. Jacques up there. How no. important are you at the part where he's walking down the street yet? No, I'm buffering. I'm I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Well, how important is that one scene when he's walking down the street and he looks up and sees that sign that says colored and just rips it off? Oh, absolutely. And remember this. This is way before the 60s. They've got another 30 years of of, of the white man's boot on their throat before it even starts to loosen. Yeah. That's what insulted me about that movie, The Green Book. Oh, it's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I, I found that rather... Uh, in there and say, no, you don't know what The Green Book was. Yeah. Yeah, that was a movie for white guilt as far as I'm concerned. This is yeah, not about Green white Green Book's guilt. full title was The Green Book, or The Colored Man's Guide to Not Get Hung in the South. Right. And right now they're at the scene where he's walking down the street and everyone's praising him and he's just, you know. Now you, you're basically near the end at this point. Yeah. You, what are you, about 115? I think so. Yeah. I'm going to try to see if it's... I tough. love it. She's like, I'm leaving. Why? I don't understand. I know you don't understand. That's why I'm leaving. Right. I'm going to try this.
Nope. I love it's, the fact that he's leaving him because he acted like a dumbass. Right, exactly. You know, and, and, and it's his intractability that destroys everything. It's not... And, and, and I understand that, okay? And I'm not saying it's a wrong thing, but there are times where you part ways. And there are times where it's time to go. Yeah, but... Until you realize that, and this is a pertinent message for all the people are like, if the people that I don't want to get nominated get nominated, I don't want to vote. No, this is not a time to have a still spine. No. This is a time to bend for the greater good. Exactly. Do you think that if I was in jail, going possibly going to jail with my medical history and the way my papers read mm-hmm. for some major crime, do you think that I would be in there acting like I am right now, or would I be, yeah, uh-huh, or would I be forced gumping that shit? Uh, I, I, I think you'd be dumping it. Damn right. CYA. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm completely stuck, so I can't do anything. Well, right now to... we're at the scene where he, the white boys have got the guns on them. Okay. That's right. Yeah, we're with the gangsters wearing the Billy Jack hat. I'm going to ask you to check uh, the the the, the uh, count here in a second, okay? Okay. Yeah, I listen. I think my my uh, yeah, it's it's a problem with the uh, with the Wi-Fi. I'm not even getting back on on the YouTube page. But yeah, so right I'm now, out. it's 60 minutes in the tr- roll and stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to finish it. Stephen, my Wi-Fi is out. talking about it. I mean, I love the ending that it doesn't end the way that you would expect it to be. No, not at all. Even the woman is not what you think. That guy throws her against the wall because of the bitch, and she needs him in the nuts. Yeah. She was... So as you get to the end of this, do you okay? Right here, right where a blue walks in with a double barrel. 
Right. All right. The evil white boy just got shot. Absolutely. He killed a couple motherfuckers, too. You there, Stephen? You there? Stephen? And now the white boy's been shot and blue's pretty and blue is dead. Right. And they're really talking about the biggest, and they're pretty much getting to the funeral, and they talk about the biggest lesson, which is what we do with this show. Which is? Pass it on. Absolutely. That's what you need to do, pass on what is good. Pass on why we love it. And hopefully the other people are like, yeah, I like it too. Well, I tell you what, I, I've been championing. How many times have you heard me talk about this movie? How many times have you heard Before me? How have you heard, you've heard us talk about this damn movie. That's true. That's true. But but I've, I've been championing this title for years. For yeah. I've been championing this one for years, and 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 it's one of what I consider the the lost gems of, of black exploitation. And to me, it's not even yeah. black exploitation; it's a black themed movie. Yeah. It goes back to things like, uh, uh, well, well, Raven St. Jocks is one of his first films. He has a small role in Black Like Me, you know, uh, which is you know, 1964, I think. Um, and then again, Uptight in 1968 was a great film. Uh, yeah. And he was a Shakespearean actor. You know, so, so there's a gravitas here that's a lot different than, you know, Richard Roundtree and Shaft, even though we all love that, you know? Yeah. You know, this, this is a different type of film. Crackers and maybe, maybe I mean, we all expect Blue Boy to pass away, you know, to get shot. 
But it's it's the whole point of passing things along and learning and, and, and using what you learn to keep alive and keep going. And trust me, I understand that 100%. Right yeah, and me. like you said, uh, maybe one day we'll drive up on these white crackers, white folk, the people to think they're better than us, and we'll pass them by. Exactly. You know, it's it, it's uh, it's such a good movie, and it's a shame that he never had a chance to direct again. Because this is a it's hell all of about fun. money. Yeah. You know, and again, we were talking about brute films, and look at the film; they took chances, man. You know, this film, "Cry for Me, Billy," which is a real chance. You know, not your regular film. Welcome to Arrow Beach, Class of Miss McMichael, a number of great films that, that that are so under the radar. So let's give them a nice little nod too, group films. And fingers, good God. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> now they gave James Toback his first shot. Seriously. Fingers is one of those films that's hard to even place it what genre it is. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, ostensibly it's a gangster movie, but not really. It's even, it's essentially you know, a drama, but not really. It's essentially a horror film during its last act, but not really. But not really. <laughs> it's even a musical Kinda. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this movie starts out as this lighthearted. Nowadays, Paper. the best way to describe it is if a film started out as a Tyler Perry movie, <clears throat> but ended up like a Spike like Lee drama. Boys in the Hood. Yeah. And who's shocked that yeah. it was actually short? I mean, Jesus, one hour and 21 minutes. Yeah, it's it's not a long film at all. You know, it was back at the time where they wanted to have it 90 minutes so they can run a lot of showings. You know, well, it didn't need to be any longer, if you make sense. No, and, and that's the other thing. The pace is really good. It's paced well. There's... Uh, you know there there are set pieces, particularly the the, the clans uh, of that that set piece, which are just some of the most hysterical things you've ever seen. And then suddenly gets kind of scary. I mean, it, really well done in terms of of how he uh, handles the tone of it too. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of all people would I do was just the gonna, joke. I was just going to finish up. A lot of that has to do with that would have been it. Right. Well, if you let me finish, I would have just said that's also the actual novel that it's from. And the one thing that Raymond St. Jocks, as I said at the beginning, really wanted to really capture the novel and what it was saying 
and being close to the source material, which this film really is. I, I read the novel after I saw the film. Uh, and very, very good. So there you go. I'm done. <laughs> and did you know, notice uh, the how the trailers sold it? If I would watch the movie based on the trailers, mm-hmm. it would have been too slow paced for me. Yeah. You know, they sell it as this wacky comedy. Which it's not, but it does have comic, you know, set set pieces. Yeah. But even so, it comes out of the characters. It comes out of the the the, the family and, and feel of it. You know, uh, just like that scene at the beginning with with the dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and then at the church, it's about community and how the community. Uh, 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 pulls together for these people. Yeah. I don't want anybody messing with my any more Negro banks. <laughs> so, In any other movie, much, they would have had a little bit after that where it showed him bribing the judge. Right. But not in this case. It's one of those things like, no. yeah, he probably bribed the judge. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they'd rather so, so have him just be that stupid, right? So here's a question for you. Yeah. So how much did Harlem Knight steal from this movie? Now Basically, that you've seen the whole it again. plot and setup, replace the numbers bank with the casino, replace down south with Harlem. The ending's basically the same, except that Richard Pryor's death is faked in Harlem Nights rather than had it happen for real. real. Mm -hmm. And Frida Payne's character is made out to be a murderer bitch. You know, the characterizations, too, in Harlem Nights are, are full characterizations, a little over the top. And, and But that's not true of this film, uh, no. of Book of Numbers. But then again, I, I will say this, uh, and, and, and Harlem Nights I really do like in a number of ways. But, you know, to me, the best thing in that whole movie is Della Reese. Della Reese is just awesome in Harlem Nights. And, and her, uh, yeah, Red Fox. That's exactly where I was going. Uh, you shot my pinky toe. That's a great comic yeah. set piece. So put that alongside the KKK set piece in this film. You know they yeah. have set and pieces. And Michael comics. Thomas was not to let himself be the idiot in the movie. I mean, a real idiot. No. You know, and again, it's 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 interesting that this film, especially at the end, it's it's about the older the older generation explaining itself to the younger generation so they understand so they can go on and use that information for the next set of younger generations. You know, that whole yeah. argument at the end 
need to pass it you know, on. Yeah, you degraded yourself. You know, oh, we did this because we had to. You think I like it? Do you think I like doing this? That well, in a way, thing. yeah, because it shows him outsmarting the white man. Right. You think I'm an idiot? I'll be the idiot. Then I'll laugh at your ass. Mm-hmm. What's well, the old Br'er, Br'er Rabbit? You know, don't think, you know, you go to Coonskin, and that's exactly what, 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 what the fables <laughs> are about, Br'er Rabbit fables. It's about outsmarting, you know, the man in charge. Yeah. You know, playing down to what he thinks you are so you can be smarter than him. And now, you know, or, the, you know, when I was in New York in the 80s, what was my, my theme song? Look sharp. Or else, you know, I'm going to steal your fucking wallet. Yeah. yeah. But this is on YouTube now, and if you like this, please watch it. And if you've watched this before, please listen to it and see if we added anything to the conversation. Absolutely. We do We do suggest you watch the movie first uh, oh, without man. us and then come back. Or watch it with us and then watch it. Have you ever heard it. of Paul Johnson, Carl? Paul Johnson? Yeah. Not offhand. I mean, I know a couple Paul Johnsons, but I don't know who you're referencing. The guy who did an insane amount of photography for the adult industry back oh, in the okay. 70s and 80s. Okay, I know who you're talking about now, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's a 90% chance he's going to be on Sunday. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Because really, what's not, unlike the younger generation, 90% of our generation, 99% of it, even if it wasn't us there, the way we got introduced to adult materials was pictures. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, thank you for watching, and we'll be on, and hopefully we'll have. And next time we are going to do the six o'clock new American Raspberry. Okay, and by the way, let's not forget what's happening on Thursday. Oh we have a yeah, show on Thursday. The Devil's Note. Yeah, it was Sparky. My cousin. And tell us real quick, give us a quick summation of what the Devil's Note is, Mr. Kafer. Well, the Devil's Note is basically uh, what they call the Devil's Interval, which is an augmented fourth. Do, 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 do. That's that's your your, uh, Devil's uh, Interval, Devil's Chord. Yeah. And that, they said, that just sounds evil. Da, da, da. It was really exactly. made truly famous by Tommy Iommi of Black Sabbath. And that was because he had an accident in the factory and cut off one of his guitar playing fingers. 
So he had to learn to play in that lower fourth interval. Mm-hmm. Well, trust me, it was used a lot, a lot earlier than that. Trust me. Yeah, I'm talking about someone who brought it into prominence, you know. Right. There, there's, there's actually a guy that old... Did it for, you know, we've always said there's still always two guys. There's the people, guy who did it first, and the guy who made it famous. Well, let me put it this way. For rock and roll, you might want to say Tony Iommi. I'll give you that. But in actuality... Yeah. It's uh, Tartini, The Devil's Trill, written for violin. It's a violin sonata. And that that interval, which they call the Devil's Interval, the augmented fourth, is all throughout all three movements. And and that was exactly why. And it's called The Devil's Trill. It's by Giuseppe Tartini, and it dates from 1783. Right. There, my classical music nerd brain has triumphed again. So there you go. (laughs) And what we're going to be talking about is pre-metal songs, pre-Black Sabbath (laughs) songs that have, that use the devil's interval. Well, not only that, but they're uh, heavy songs. You know, they're they're, 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 heavy, but a lot of them use that. Like uh, Blue Cheers, Summertime Blues definitely uses Uh that. Oh, I love that version of Summertime Blues. So I love the original, so I love the Eddie Cochran. Yeah. Well, Blue Cheers, But there's all good stuff, we're, and we're going to have a, a lot of fun with, with, uh, with Sporky, with Antonia. She's, she's a sweetheart, and uh, uh, we had her on last week, and, and uh, we're going to have her on again, and we'll have her on a lot, hopefully. And it's not so because we go. good, it's just that... Radio is like a drug. Oh, absolutely. Once you get it in your blood... You can't get it out. No. And Friday will be Friday the 13th, Part 7. And then Sunday, hopefully, is Paul Johnson. And don't forget, any movies that you love and you love personally... Is a good movie, no matter what anyone else says. Absolutely. Unless it's a Malik film. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, Stephen, thanks very much for this. This was a pleasure. Okay. Really. And good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>